When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi there, I'm Brian Abana, and you're listening to the Mall Over Cotpost. Hello, good evening, and welcome to this week's Mall Over Podcast. The podcast gives you all the news, views, and opinion on the weekend's rugby action, all the West Country accent. You can find us on Twitter. We are at Mallover Podcast. We are Mallover Rugby Podcast on Facebook. And you can find all of our podcasts on Anchor and Apple Pods and lots of other pod catchers. And despite what anybody else in the conglomerate says, I am the only one that can do this introduction any justice. So, Adam Foxcroft, stop trying to be me. Uh, I am joined this week in our pre-season preview where we may or may not preview some of the premiership rugby that's to come this weekend or we may or may not review a stellar performance by Nuki Hornet's second team uh, versus the Law Society I am joined by uh, Troy score extraordinaire Ben Houston how do you doing Ben? I'm all right thanks mate I'm not going to take a lot of credit for that one okay well we'll discuss that in in further detail um uh, oh, humble brag, I wasn't wallowing with these guys in the second team. I went with the first team to Topsham and got bummed instead. Uh, Phil Elkins. Yep, loved every minute of it. And uh, starting scrum half for the Mallover Invitational, uh, who I've no doubt will be trying to get me killed in the first 15 minutes, is uh, uh, everyone's favourite cameraman, the Chinese Lensman. Welcome, Doug. Hello. Um, and the thing that I've learned this week is that I am going to get you killed, especially if we're playing from left to right. <laughs> Have you been training? Yeah. And how is that? Well, I'm just a terrible rugby player, but there you go. <laughs> so, it turns out that, you know, uh, uh, as, uh, uh, as someone who played a lot of football and converted to rugby quite late and then... Um, predominantly passed a rugby ball off my right hand that when you're trying to um, I'm actually better when it's just open play when we're doing backs moves like practicing backs moves and I have to put the ball on the tens hand so that the, the rest of the backs can do their thing and look swanky while they're running around I'm I'm just bad at that like when we're doing you know um, actual Competitive practice. I'm all right. I can pass off my left hand. It's just when I absolutely need to that I can't. Which I'm unbelievably looking forward to. There's nothing I like more than than being a crash ball ten, as I found out at the weekend. Um, let's before we uh, before we get into that, let's have a quick chat about the Mallover Invitational because that is all that people really want to hear about. It is still. Ha- it's 9th of October at Nuki uh, Sports and Fitness Centre. I don't know. Is is that the official name now, Ben? Is there a sports and community centre? Is that what it is? I, Something I like think that. having seen us play on Saturday, calling it a fitness centre would probably breach some trade description act. Yeah. But 
is happening. We've got some opposition. Um, a local side to Orstall will be bringing a second team to play against our Mallover Barbarians. We we did some more stellar recruitment from some of the Nuki Hornets second team, as well as all of the people that are um, all of the people that have put down to play. So I'll be in touch with everybody individually via email with all of the details. I wanted to say a massive, massive go well and get well to longtime listener Guy, who was going to come from Crediton. Um, we all remember Guy, right? Um, Sack Sheriff for Sportif, Lickock Sportif, um, on on Twitter. Le Sheriff du Chamois Sack, if that's what it is. Um, sent a lot of questions in for um, Punch and Chat. But he messaged me the other day to say, uh, sadly, I'm going to have to withdraw as a player for the Mallory Invitational. First game of the season yesterday, and I dislocated my ankle and broke it in two places. Uh, so I've got to go in for surgery this week. If I'm mobile bike table, I need to come down and watch. Another punch and chat in the meantime would go amiss. I've even written a rugby-related quiz if you want it. So, Guy, I hope you're listening to this. Get well soon, my friend. We hope to see you in October if you're up on your feet. And do send through that quiz. Or, better still, at some point in the next couple of weeks, maybe before the Invitational, why not come in? Why not come on and ask the questions yourself? Sounds like a decent enough idea, doesn't it? At least there yeah, will be going in blind. Doug? No, um, I'd like to echo those statements. I, I just just want to pick you up on something. Um, did you say that St. Austell sending a second team down? St. Austell, yes. Is this the same St. Austell that play at a 4,000-seat stadium? I mean... In the Southern Counties League? Uh, they don't play at a 4,000-seat stadium, no. They do, because I'm just on Wikipedia looking at it. They need to send more than a second team down, mate. It needs to be at least four of them. Four teams down, please. Can we have their fourths? They haven't got a fourths and their second we've played their seconds on a numerous occasions. I mean, it was several years ago, but um yes. It'll be competitive. St- it'll be competitive. Do they still play where they always used to play? What Sonorstal? Yeah, there yeah. is a four thousand seat stadium there. They've got a stadium. I've just looked at them on Wikipedia and their stadium apparently holds 4,000 well, people. Well, let me let me tell you, Doug, having been there on a number of occasions and played there, it doesn't. Don't make me screenshot this. You I will. can screenshot what you like, my friend. It just doesn't. Yeah. Do you know what? Go go on Wikipedia. Tregoric Park, capacity 4,000, 300 seats. That's 3,700 <laughs> people stood at the side of the pitch. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, side by side. That's 300 people with deck chairs. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it does, it does have a, a lovely big We're playing at a sports centre. Yeah. Probably on the, uh, not on the main pitch either, but we'll see. Um, also, I need to sort of bar out, but we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, I also want to say, want a, want to, Say a big thanks to Nexus, uh, Nexus Recruitment, who are have kindly donated some money and sponsored the Mallover Invitational playing strip, which we have got on its way. Gents, you've all seen it. It's been shared on social media. It's kind of sexual, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It is nice. And a big thanks to the guys at Kit World in Plymouth who are uh, had sorted all that for us. So hopefully that'll be with us very soon as well, and I can uh, I can show you some great modelling pics um, in like all to, sorts of I'd, attire. I'd, I'd like to understand why you never have these kind of mutant voice problems when you're on Long Snapper. Mutant voice problems? Yeah. Oh, well, Sound like you're that. talking in the Matrix. Oh, really? Have I, like Norman Collier? Yeah. Oh, that's not good, is it? Well, we'll have to uh, we'll have to deal with that as we go along. Um, so yes, 9th of October, half past two kickoff will be uh, Mallover Invitational Barbarians versus St. Orsall Seconds. And what will be will be one thing's for certain is we'll have a good time, we'll have a good drink, and we'll have a lot of fun. Yes. And 
in preparation for said uh, Barbarians um, Rugby Festival. I made my comeback at the weekend. First time in, I'm going to say five years. It might be slightly less than that. I mean, I, I don't remember actually playing since we started recording the podcast, although I might be wrong. Um, and Ben and I played for Nuki Seconds. First time a second team's been out for God knows how long against a team called the Law Society. You playing so now? The Law Society was supposed to be a touring team. They were a touring team. They definitely had a good drink on Saturday night. They also supposedly had a very good drink on Friday and Friday night. But when they rocked up at the Sports and Community Centre on Saturday, one thing for certain is that they were all between eighteen and ish. They were all very fit, and they all had absolutely delicious haircuts. It was all flowing. It was all flowing locks and thick hair. You know, something I could only dream of. Um, and I'm sure Ben will agree with me. Apparently, they play in Surrey One. Uh, they've got a home ground in New Malden, and they drink somewhere in Wimbledon. But they are predominantly a touring side, and they were very, very good. Um, four, four or five overlap tries, just in the first half we had five i think playing and all on the pitch at the same time and, and you think second team rugby and usually rugby of that standard you're struggling to find a fulfill a front row more than anything you're struggling to find people that can prop we had props playing second row we had a plot we had a plop <laughs> plop we had a prop james bailey right on the on the flank to start and he is one of the biggest human beings I've ever seen, right? <laughs> he is arguably one of the strongest men I've ever seen. And a flanker, he is not. Um, James is incredibly strong, but he, and he was a very good prop in his day, but he hadn't played rugby for about four years. And uh, But he was, man, he was awarded man of the match, wasn't he? By, he was um, awarded man of the match. By opposition team's vote. So he couldn't have done yeah. that bad a job, but I think he'd have been a lot happier at prop. Just, just um, getting around the field, which you know, which made, which made people like Ben and I have to enter rucks, which was not a place that we necessarily wanted to be. They were very good at turning the ball over and then going wide very quickly. Well, they they um, quickly identified our five prop setup and also the <laughs> fact that um, two two young lads very kindly ran out for us who'd never played a game of rugby before, and of course they were on the wings, so. Um, the Law Society very quickly worked out that if they turned the ball over and put three passes together, uh, they were pretty much in. And and after the fourth five-man overlap in the first 20 minutes, I, I realised I was in for a long afternoon at fullback. Um, I mean, a long afternoon chasing shadows because the other thing that they pretty much refused to do was kick the ball at any time. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so and the yeah. only time they did, And the only time they did kick the ball, Ben, you weren't at home. Guess who had to run back 50, 60 metres and chase it down? Sidestep stroke hand off the winger in the five metres. Yes, this guy. And I'm going to make no bones about the fact that I think, in my own mind, I was phenomenal. (laughs) (laughs) Rolling back the ears. And such a dick. Yeah. Do you know know what? I, I have to say... And I'll, I'll say this so Russ doesn't have to, although he has already, um, that he did play very well, and and he is looking very svelte. Don't don't. I don't actually wore. He played. I actually wore the number ten shirt. The number for the first time ever for Nuki Hornets. I actually wore the number ten shirt. He played. He played very well, getting an arsing from a team the division below our first team. Oh wow! Nothing short of phenomenal. Well done, Rusty. Uh, and Ben, you mentioned before we come on air, you can tell a lot about how much a team are leading at half time when the players they give you to come and play for you at half time to kind of even even it up a little bit. And they bought, they gave us their ten, who was he was decent, wasn't he? Very and very good player. And it, it's what sort of the show. Speaks well of them that they were willing to do that rather than uh, enjoy a procession. Um, and, and I think 
did did we uh did we edge the second half? We, we may have just edged it, if not drawn it. We were not far away. But all anybody really wants to hear about is um, the sublime piece of combination play that led to uh, our very own Ben Eustace dotting down with the last play of the game. Yeah, I mean, if ever, if what everyone really want to hear about is a garbage time consolation try in a second team fixture um against the touring side but yeah russ made a made a nice break probably from well first time we tell it it was probably from the 22 but it's probably got as far out as the halfway line by now i mean uh, yeah let's say the 10 cruise through um and then uh i thought he i was running sort of towards his inside and then i thought he was actually going to make it and he got tripped up just short Went down, thought he dislocated his shoulder and he, he popped the ball up and all I had to do was, uh, what, three paces and fall over? It was it was something of that nature. You, I mean, the hard work was all done for you, Ben. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but it what was, was impressive it was a lovely about dot down. that? What was impressive about that try was the, the t- two nearest men to you, uh, Russ, were me and long-time listener John Pease. Uh, com- so the three of us combined age 118. Still in still, the last minute of the game, still running in still, the last minute on a sunny day. <laughs> never give up, mate. Never give up. But despite the ass in not playing, despite how I feel now, still, um, it was some of the most fun I've had on a sport field for quite the, the feeling you get when you take the ball into contact or you make a tackle is is a feeling quite like no other so it's just given me a real excited excited tone for them all over invitational and uh you know hopefully everybody enjoys themselves because it'll be good fun two, two things i'd add is uh one big apologies to uh manager of the day dave rich for lending him the most uncomfortable boots of all time and uh also uh if you haven't guessed it, we thoroughly enjoyed ourselves. So uh, anyone that is in two minds about coming back for a week to play in the Invitational, don't be in two minds anymore. Just uh, just do it. Yeah. And I'd say in general, like if Saturday taught me anything, it's that it was that you're a long time retired. And I'm so reticent to play rugby or do anything really as far as a team sport for quite some time. And there'll there'll come a time where you actually can't do it and that's when you have to but while you still can i would suggest that anybody who is even thinking moderately about it get to your local club go training if they've got a second team fixture or a you know friday nighters or whatever it might be go and do it because it's so much fun and you know even after the, the invitational i think um i might have a few more trot outs for the second team this season because it was just it was just amazing and, I, and i've missed so there you go you know so while I, we were having a good time phil what were you doing oh uh, i was away with the first sat on the bench for the first got 25 minutes off uh off the bench absolutely loved it and i was i chatting to my dad earlier today and i said the, the problem with it with it is i probably enjoyed it too much so now i want it every weekend I, I I went into this season thinking if I play half a dozen games, um, either off the bench for the first or, or playing for the seconds, I'll be really happy. And now I'm looking at it going, oh, shit, I can't play that week because I absolutely loved it. You're right, Russ. There is no feeling other. There's no feeling like playing a game of rugby and throwing your, your body around um, with a bunch of mates and... Uh, Enjoying a nice bus trip back as well. Bus trip back from the other side of Exeter, two and a half hours on the bus. Pissed off the three old guys who came on the bus because we kept stopping to to uh, have a leak on the side of the A30 and they didn't have to. They just wanted to get home to their fish and chips. Um, but no, yeah, had a really, really enjoyable day out. Um, and I yeah, I'd like to echo really what Ben said is that if anybody's really in any doubt whether they want to play a game of rugby, be it all over Invitational or any other game of rugby, just fucking do it. 
you will not regret it. Even if you break your body properly, you will not regret oh, it. Just imagine that the sheriff probably uh, regrets that. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I reckon he probably doesn't. I reckon he does not regret it at all. He just regrets the pain that comes after. <laughs> yeah. We're, which no. we all do. But, like, you run around, you run around on the pitch, I felt like a 21-year-old. Like, I genuinely felt better yeah. than I did when I was playing for first team rugby years and years ago and it's just the recovery afterwards that, that takes a little bit longer so ben you joke about your uh you you peasy and russ towards the end of the game doing the running our bench on saturday was myself um former former guest on the pod george ferris and first team coach ian morgan um hopefully mrs morgan's not listening so with a combined age of 120 on the bench that's that's um former combined services fly half and fullback Ian Morgan. Yeah. Who, like he was oh. a decent, a very good player in his day. Like really. He, he is still a very good player. Yeah. He just, he just, yeah. Has told his missus that he's no longer playing rugby and he kind of wants to stick to that if he can. Yeah. And Doug, you're, you've started training again. Where, yeah. I've, what, started what, training, tra- I've, I've um, got a lad who I play golf with. Um, who plays for a club called Ickenham in um, in London? They're a they're a nomad team now because their clubhouse and everything else like that I think went by the wayside a bit, and they play at Ricelip now, so not far from you know uh, the journey from Bentley Priory to Northwood. Um, yeah, or uh, what was the other one where we used to go and do our guard, uh, guard training and stuff? Oh God, Uxbridge, Uxbridge. Yeah, no longer exists. That's flat and houses. Yeah, yeah. Um, down there. Um, unfortunately, I can't go tomorrow night. <laughs> I say unfortunately because they're doing a combined training session with Ricelet, and it's going to be a full contact session, the first one of the season. So, unfortunately, I'm going to miss that. But I do feel like I need to get some dings in before I come down to this invitational. Otherwise, it's going to be a bit of a shock to the system, really. But like you say, I, you know, Russ, you know. You know, I, I was a more of a footballer than um, a rugby player in my day, and, and even more so, more of a cricketer. But um, I, I always wanted to play rugby. I'm not very good at it, uh, but I I love it. Yeah, really like Amen. it. Uh, unfortunately, the nature of my job means I can't play on Saturdays unless you know really strange set of circumstances happen. So. I might, I might be able to get a run out, but I, you know, I, I'm just happy to go along with training and be a tackle bag, really, and run around with young people who make me train harder than I normally would in the gym. So that's yeah, that's what well, I'm coming out. Depending on how I feel, I might even train tomorrow night. I might even train Thursday night. We'll see what happens. But uh, anyway, I'm sure people well, the, have the, not. The first thing they in. said to me, the first thing they said to me at the club was, um, "We're more of a pub team than anything else." Well, which was just right up my strasse. And then um, was asked about going on tour. Well, oh, the what? Se- so, committee meeting. So I went to the pub after training on the first night and they had a committee meeting. The second night I went training, um, they had their AGM. So I feel like I'm a fully paid up member of that club. Well, now. isn't this interesting? So Bay, let's see what happens to the Mallover Invitational in Newquay. Because I've got a bit of a plan that if it goes well that we look to do another all over invitational next year somewhere else. And that could be Ickenham maybe. And we'll play an Ickenham pub team. Nice. Well, Ma, yeah. why not? You know, we'll see how this one goes, but I'm sure we'll be able to get a few people together and go to London for a weekend. Agreed. Well, it won't be pretty easy for me. Yeah. Well, we're all about making it easy for you. Doug. Anyway, <laughs> oh, we've yeah. just spent... Obviously. Yeah, <laughs> we've just spent uh, 23 minutes of your time um, talking about our lives and our rugby experiences from the weekend that have probably got no relevance and no interest to you whatsoever. Um, some stuff that might have some relevance to you this weekend is the return of the Premiership. There were lots of preseason friendlies going on that nobody really cares about. Um, but there is a subject that I wanted to broach with you all. Um, now, did you all see 
the unveiling of Exeter's new mascot? No. Do you know about it, Phil? No. Doug, do you know anything about it? I've I've heard about it. I think it's hilarious. Mate, so for those of you that don't know... Virgins that are crying about it on Twitter. Yeah. So (laughs) for for those of you that don't know, Exeter Chiefs literally, like literally launched a new mascot into the stadium on Saturday from the gantry on a zip wire to the middle of the pitch. And it just so happens to be a hawk that they've nicknamed Tom a Hawk. Now, for all of the people that whinge and monk and moan about the extra Chiefs branding and like the, the races, like I still don't believe it's racist, but like all of the racist stuff, um, it is the ultimate piece of trolling by the club because they they could have had a, a mask that exact mascot. And as Ben rightly pointed out on our, on our WhatsApp, they could have called it Tommy Hawk. Just Tommy Hawk, right? It wouldn't as funny. And everybody has literally lost their collective minds about it. And, and I just don't understand. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And the club must just be going like, well, you know, everybody's still talking about us. So, uh, no such thing as bad publicity. People are still going to go and watch the rugby. People are going to still buy the snazzy, snazzy new black kit without any sponsor on it. And um, yeah, but how we'll have they, this. How do they feel about Tomahawk steaks? Are they racist? I don't know. Depends where racist. they're from. Racist uh, beef cuts. <laughs> ben, I know that, um, you know, you weren't opposed to the mascot as such, but you like you you've got the views on on well, the, the branding as a whole. I, I actually think if they'd have gone with Tom the Hawk or Tommy Hawk and it was a hawk, it might have actually I think both parties should have been happy with that because it what? would have been a nod to the recent history where but getting rid of because the mascot is a bit was a bit well, much, what about if it turned uh, up in a tiny little green hat and they called it Tom O'Hawk? Yeah, I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I said in our chat, Russ, I, I just think it's now becoming a thing that's becoming a distraction. So I, I think eventually they will change the branding. Um, I think you underestimate the bloody mindedness of Tony Rowe. Well, I've always hated the branding anyway. Because I can't think of anything worse than going to a rugby match and being stuck behind some dickhead in a war bonnet playing a drum. It just—it's just—it would wind me right up. So I, I'm not—I'm not in the camp that I, I get outraged by it. But I think it's a bit, bit weird. Grown men dressing up. Um, and oh, I've no—I've no doubt about like, like that. If, um, I'm agreeing there. I do wonder that. It's going to become more and more of a distraction. People are going to talk about it in pre-match interviews, post-match interviews. Twitter's just going to keep going, and and whether they'd just be better off just going to call themselves the Exeter Chiefs and having some kind of Saxon or Celt or whatever Exeter was back in the day. Um, I mean, that could that could upset the. Uh, I don't know, the Iceni or something, but, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Phil? I, so this is kind of where I'm at with rugby. I don't really give a shit. Um, no, I, I'm and, with you, Phil, to be and honest. Similarly, the, the Twitter group, Fancy Rugby Draft group, I left whenever it was a week ago, because I ended up getting really riled and really emotionally involved in somebody getting a red card on the other side of the world <laughs> in a match that I literally couldn't give a shit about. And I ended up having really bad feelings towards people who I really like. And so what I've done is I've gone, you know what, any bit of rugby that doesn't involve a ball on the pitch and trying to watch it and enjoy it, 
I couldn't give a crap about. I'm back to not giving a shit about transfer rumours, Russ. So none of those, please. I just want to watch some rugby or play some rugby and talk about some rugby. Like, the rest of it can go fuck off as far as I'm concerned. Ooh. I, I think we're all in agreement, aren't we, Doug, that unfollowing as many such and oh, such mate. rugby Twitter accounts improves watching a game of rugby by, what, 50%? Just just improves my state of mind. I went, I've, I think I must have blocked 200 people that have commented about that red card. Listen, the, the only source of anybody talking anything about rugby other than this podcast that I currently in my, have in my life is Rugby Ranta Banter, Eddie's podcast. And I only listen and there's to the not first, a lot of rugby on there. Oh, I only that. listen to the first 20 minutes when he doesn't talk about rugby. I, I only listen to that for the, for the pirate porn. His dogs fucking each other. Or <laughs> I mean, and there's not there's not enough pirate porn. Definitely not. We need more pirate porn. Last week was very disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, can you imagine that if, if this is the two rugby podcasts you listen to, you've got us just boring on about our second team game for half an hour, <laughs> and on Eddie's you've got quite extreme pirate porn. I'd, I'd still rather listen to that than blood and mud. Now, if, if if Eddie's ratings are not going up at the moment, something is wrong with the world. I mean, why would Eddie's ratings be going up? He undoubtedly gets more listens than what we do. No, I didn't mean because of us saying it. I meant because of the quality of the content he's oh, putting out. Oh, yeah. Oh, mate. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Um, and, well, I don't, let, let's let's move on, obviously, from, from Exeter. There isn't... Oh, God, I need to cough. This is bad. I can't talk. Um... Do you guys have thoughts on the premiership this season? 13-team premiership, um, ring-fenced, bye weeks. Other than teams trying to get into the Champions Cup that is, again, in a format that nobody really cares about and it's going to make it really hard to get invested in. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't just why um what do you think what do you think will be the outcome what do you think will be the main outcome of this season uh someone will win exton i'm going to throw this out there controversially exton not making the playoffs oh philip cool yep i reckon saracens i reckon saracens will be there or thereabouts i reckon bristol will be there or thereabouts i reckon sale will be there or thereabouts um Quinns obviously and I think there's going to be a, a a bit of a bolter from those teams in the middle that are that are improving potentially Leicester getting in there and I think Exeter have stayed fairly static in in the quality of rugby they're playing over the last 18 months and everybody else has improved um, and I think there's a risk that they're going to rely on a formula that's worked before and get overtaken and end up fifth or sixth I think that's worryingly good analysis from Phil, and I, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if that's true. I mean, discourage. What, what one thing that leaps out to me with looking at Leicester is um, the the phrase "promoted from academy," because they've they've got um, Dan Kelly, George Martin, Van Portvliet, and uh, Van Portvliet. <laughs> sorry, sorry, who? I don't I mean, know. He, play, he played enough games last season. He's, man, back. You know, he's <laughs> back, baby. How do I say it? Back Van Poorfleet. That's Why it. Why yeah. trying to That's complicate it. that? <laughs> Van Poorfleet. Look, I'm, re- I'm reading what someone else has told me to say. <laughs> oh, I've missed you, um, man. <laughs> and, well, all I was going to say is and Freddie Stewart. So that's four... England squad players all coming out of their academy. So that's got to be a good sign for Leicester. Van what? <laughs> Portfleet. Portfleet. Right. Yeah. Right. I, uh, yeah, look, it, it's a proven way of winning. It's like, it's like the, um, it's like the rookie NFL co- co- uh, quarterback contract, isn't it? It's the biggest advantage in sport. If you can get six or seven academy lads in your first team squad, you've got an advantage over 
all those people are buying South Africans. And if we're talking about that, congratulations to two Newquay Hornets players who have got promoted from the academy onto the Exeter Chiefs first team squad. Ben Hammersley and Ben Grubb. So well done, guys. Um, oh, let me shock you then. You oh, said Exeter won't make the top four. I don't think Harlequins will make the top four next season. I don't think that's a for shock, the simple. Though, I don't think anyone expected them to make or do anything. And I think when you're an underdog like Harlequins are, you play with more. You play with a certain freedom that you don't get. I just think you take their two best players out of that team, which I think will undoubtedly happen in the autumn and Six Nations. Well, um, both Brand Smith and Don Brandt will be, will be Smith and Don Brandt will undoubtedly, I mean, I could be wrong. And Eddie Jones is a monumental. Smith and Don Brandt will both be with the England squad and the drop off from Alex, um, from Smith to, I think he said Alex Smith then, a broken leg fame and um, oh, yeah. and uh, Kansas City Chiefs. But the 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 drop-off from Don Brandt and Smith to their understudies is far too big. And I think the way that they play relies so heavily on their brilliance that, that they're going to suffer. Um, and so I think they'll drop a lot more points. I think you're probably right. Um, and and I think if there's one thing that I do expect, it's for it to be a pretty competitive season towards the top. I, I think it's going to be competitive. It'll be, it'll be competitive. I think it'll be competitive throughout the league. Uh, I think Worcester and I, I mean, Irish were pretty competitive for a large period for a large, for a large periods of last season. Worcester signing the likes of Van uh, and and others, I think, will make them uh, undoubtedly a bit more competitive. But I think all of the teams are so much more evenly matched than I think they've ever been. And I think that when you look at the squads, some squads have got more depth than others, but the the squads the first teams are you know all of relative similar quality i'm not sure i agree with that i think there's some i think Worcester are a long way off um and i think probably newcastle are a long way off this year uh, i think they'll be clear clearly at the bottom of the league and then everyone else will beat everyone else Apart from probably Sale, Harlequins and Exeter. Well, I, you know, you say that for Worcester. I look at they've signed Hines and Chudley. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry, just coughing my mouth myself away. Hines and Chudley, Baldwin, Van der Merwe, uh, Vailanu from Wasps. You know, they they've they've picked up some real really good players, and I think that bolsters their first team as well as adding squad depth um you mentioned newcastle nathan earl and mike i think that they you know they flattered to deceive a bit last season um but they could be the ones that potentially struggle the most i do think um usually when you uh sign danny cipriani He's usually a well beaten for about six weeks. So I I think Bath might be dangerous to start with. And then as he starts to irritate everyone, they'll probably drop off a little bit. Um, Saracens are going to be the sort of wild card, aren't they? Because they've got those players back from loan. Um, they've still got that sort of hardcore of England players. Um, so they could be <clears throat> very very dangerous you know they, they could I don't think it will happen that they'll come back um in the sort of without missing a beat but it, it's a possibility that they could do um but I think you know they're going to be capable of beating anyone on their day 
Do you think the loss of Earl and Malins is going to really impact Bristol or not so much? I don't I don't think so because um though both players played very well for them, you wouldn't probably say that either of them were key. Um you know, they've they've already they've still got a real strong back row if, if Earl wasn't in it. And I think the same with Malins. Malins was I think he was coming on stronger as the season went on, but they were almost trying to find a place for him to shoehorn him in a little bit. He's playing on the they're wing also, by the end of the season. So they're also going to be missing for a quarter of the season anyway, because they're both likely to be in the England squads, yeah. even if they're not playing. Yeah, that's not, that's not a bad joke. I mean, Bristol uh, must be pretty happy with what they've got because there's no huge transfers really in or out other than the two uh, Saracens guys going back to Saracens. There's, there's really nothing to... to yeah, there's no real headline. business at Bristol, is there? Mind no. you, they, they must be fairly tight on salary cap. Oh, uh, and um, Ciali going as well. But I'm not sure that makes that much of a difference. Good player that he is. I think they've yeah. got enough in the squad to cover him. You know, I think they, they're pretty much happy with what they got and, you know, just disappointed with how the season finished. But I think they've, they're they sort of trusting what they've, um, what they've planned for there. You know, your, your big movers really are sort of Leicester um, and, and, and Worcester, really, of sh- shaking it up the most. Um, you've got Hastings as an interesting transfer to Gloucester. Um, but, you know, they were very uninspiring all year. Um, and I don't think they've shaken it up enough for even a, a, a good 10 to make a huge amount of difference. Um, but yeah, I think looking at the ins and outs, I think Phil's probably got a, a point about Leicester being a bit of a dark horse. Uh, I'm not sure Bath have necessarily come out of the ins and outs particularly well. There's been a lot of outs, albeit yeah. a lot of kind of squad players, but the ins are not. Um, you've got three promoted from the academy, and Darcy Ray from Gloucester and a, and a chap from Ealing. So. They're not setting the world alight, are they? I mean, there's a lot of front row gone, either retired or or, or or left. Not that the front row was anything to write home about last year, um, but it doesn't seem to have been hugely replaced. So hopefully they've got stuff coming through. Um, you know, the, the big miss is going to be Mercer, but you know, fair play to him. He's going to give it a give it a role in France. Um, you know, especially with. Underhill and Falatau, like like you said, you've said with a lot of other players, they're likely to be away for chunks of the season. I mean, Mercer is a big miss, but again, they've got you know youngsters coming through in the back row that impressed last season. But you know, other than the little bounce that uh, you know perhaps Cipriani might provide early on, um, you know, I don't think Bath will be far different this year to what they were last year in terms of league table. I'm just quite Rock excited it. to watch a bit of rugby. Yeah, it's going to be good that rugby's that rugby's finally back. It, it's been a long time since since the Lions tour and with all the disappointments that that brought, not just on the field but but off the field as well. And just as the tour as a whole, it was really difficult to get into as we as we've already mentioned. Um, so give me very quickly your um, premiership. Champions or your your Premiership finalists, Ben, for next season. Let's nail our colours to the mast. Who's getting to Twickenham? I think it might be Saracens Bristol. Doug, uh, Saracens Exeter, um, and all the Exeter and all the Saracens fans can all be locked into it, uh, Twickenham and can bicker amongst themselves for hopefully the rest of time. <laughs> Phil. Saracen Sale. Saracen Sale. Okay. 
It's all my worst. Doug's mate walking walking up the the, the hollow steps. Um, I am going to say what, the hollow uh, steps. I don't know what the hollow steps are. They they are technically yeah, hollow because they put them on the pitch. Hollow steps, mate. They because they're on the pitch, aren't they? On that plinth, they're kind of hollow steps, technically. Or do you mean hallowed? No, because hallowed steps. Wembley, aren't they? Well, they were. I know what I'm saying, mate. Don't try and correct me. Well, okay, sure. <laughs> didn't stop any of you correcting me. <laughs> Van Porfliet. Um <laughs> I, And I'm, I'm going to go for uh, Exeter versus Bristol in the final. So, uh, fuck you all. Um, any more rugby-related chat? Oh, I'll tell you what. Let's talk about something that absolutely nobody wants. Very, very quickly. Doug, I'm going to ask you a quick question and want a yes or no answer. Uh, are you interested in 12 aside rugby? It depends if they're paying me. Okay. Well, we'll leave you out of that for a, for a quick minute, for a hot minute, because, uh, you know, there's a chance you might end up having to work on it. Um, ben, are you interested in 12 versus 12 rugby that apparently is going to bring new people into the game? No. Um, in in the same way is if I'd be interested in um, a course in I can't even think of anything I'd be less interested in to be quite honest I mean they've already what? got sevens so what's the point and tens yeah I mean why, why what, would what? three less players bring new people into the game I mean, I mean, we've said we've just well, we've just said they've got less. They've already got sevens and they've already got tens. They've also already got rugby league, which is almost exactly the same. It's just one less person. And um, yeah, I just I uh, I just would I'd rather watch paint dry. It's it's they've seen the hundred. They've seen that some people have liked it. Which I'll hold my hands up. Some people have enjoyed the hundred. So we're gonna have to. It's because there was no other cricket. Yeah, and it well, the main point about the hundred, it was it was on BBC. That's why people watched it. But um I just I just don't understand why every game has to be made shorter and less interesting for it to be more. Why we bothered about getting new people in? Why? They'll probably just set up Twitter accounts and start posting gifts. So Yeah. Uh, look, why um why, oh, why do we need it? And what are they going to, you know, are they going to stop calling them tries and start calling them score points? And, they, and they're what, not going to be I, worth five. They're going to be worth 50. I'd rather remove my scrotum, sun dry it into the shape of a bowl, poach my testicles in some ramen broth, serve them in my John scrotum and, uh, and eat them. <laughs> all I all I think is like they bang on about player welfare, yet they're going to try and draft well-known players into this tour, this needless tournament to make them play some more games. Whose season has already been extended by four match weeks? Yes. Yeah. I, actually, Russ, Russ's point is the main point of this. It just shows what an absolute lie this player welfare is for, for in terms of the authorities because as soon as there's a few quid in it they're more than happy to throw some more extra games because if, i mean if I, this... I, I can't talk i'm that is literally my thought on it <laughs> i if they throw money at me i'll film it just like mm. i did with but, the hundred but it only works bear in mind when they're talking Mate, about you film talking about pre-season you film phil wanking off a goat if you had enough money <laughs> well, he has he did that for free <laughs> Um, it, it only works bearing in mind they're talking about doing it pre-season if the clubs release the players to do it and that only works if there's enough money being thrown at the players to go I don't want to play the first four games of the season I'm going to go and make a shitload of money instead but then if and where gonna, are they going to stand contractually so they'll only be able to do it with players that are out of contract at the end yeah. of this season before they signed a new contract with their new teams or, for next season or those that, that get it written into their contract like the 
players that do that go and play for the IPL with their yeah, counties. Yeah, but, but this thing doesn't but, exist yet, does it? So they're not going to no, be written into their contracts. But if it was all about chasing that money, then they'd be in France or Japan at the moment anyway. So basically, it's going to be a tournament for nearly retired international money grabbers. And and not 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 only that, but um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they start holding women's matches at half time, so they can say that the women played in front of a full stadium. Yeah, how long is it going to be before the the women's and the men's are playing double double headers at the stadium, and the uh, the women's games on first, and then they can see you? Know, it's just. I mean, like, I don't disagree with it, but don't claim for it to be something that it's not. Like, if you're going to do that, have the have the balls to put the women's game on afterwards. There was a beforehand or whatever, which if they'd done that with 100, it would have been patently obvious where the well, people was, were. And there was it, a bit it, of commentary on a um, county championship game with one of the, there was one of the women's players and... I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Henry Moran or someone like that. It would have been Alex Hartley then in that. In that, um, and whoever it was went. Oh, I think it, the hundred. I think it was a real successful women's cricket. But it'd be really nice if next time maybe they put one of the women's games second, just to see what happened. And let's say it was Henry Moran, and apologies if it's not. He, you could hear him just trying to hold back a proper roar out laugh. Knowing full well they would never put a women's game second. It's like took him about thirty seconds to respond. Then it was like, yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> it's it's not going to happen. And I'm not I'm not even against them doing it. Like do do what they want, but if don't don't make it out to be something that it's not. And that's I, the, I just, that's the point. I just like the fact that to promote this new exciting form of rugby that they're bringing out. They they pull out some sixty five year old Kiwi to to show how it's new and exciting. They couldn't even get a player to get associated with it who might actually get people to think, well, "Oh, I want to watch that." And just don't forget official rugby rent-a-mouth. Uh, yeah, shock they wheel out Ugo Monia to wank it off, <laughs> literally to make it ejaculate all over social media. <laughs> Rugby's Michael Vaughan. <laughs> you. You could argue that is a very good comparison. Very good comparison indeed. Uh, anyway, we've already given that far too much airtime. I didn't think it was going to get that far. Yeah, absolute wank, wankathon. You only got that much airtime because we were all panning it constantly for five minutes each. <laughs> Love it. I just um, thought, what would the teams be called? Oh, yeah. Who gives a shit? No, I think that's a good thing to put out on Twitter. Can we have yeah. um, team names for the for, for eight franchises for Rugby 12s? Rugby eight franchises, Rugby 12s, city-based? Uh, yeah, but, you know, they're not all cities. Like, they're not cities, are they? So you, you could have, like, regional. So, you know, like the Chess Valley Super Marauders. <laughs> you know, go nuts. I just want the eight best. Chalk Valley Super the Tanks. Eight best. <laughs> I think they should do it with um, like the old London school... Super Wokes. Yeah, I think they should do it with old school clubs. So like uh, the Black Heath. No, don't don't finish that sentence. Black Heath Boom Kings. <laughs> Roslyn Park Royal Chargers. West Hartlepool Super Whackers. <laughs> it was surely it would be Royal Chargers Roslyn Park, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd have to be the West Hartlepool Monkey Hangers, wouldn't it? I might watch yeah, them. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, but... I, while, we're, while we're on the, um, you, you know, the, the stupid team names, who was it at Chennai that thought, do you know what's better than a king? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, that the hundred team names are as bad as as they could have kids. made. That the the Manchester Originals is possibly the worst team name I've ever encountered. Is it the Super Super Somethings? Isn't it the super Northern Superchargers? Southern Brave is right up there. London Spirit. And the and the logos look like they were that's drawn a, by. That's a, a gin, isn't boy. it? 
the fact that they were all sponsored by Chris Brands as well, I thought was quite humorous. Mm-hmm. We the, could have the Southern Brave rugby team could be the uh, Plymouth Navy strength. So we had a <laughs> we had a um, we had some questions lined up for a possible punching chat, and one was about the worst sponsors. Pom Bears sponsoring the Southern Brave has to be up there for one of the worst yeah. shirt sponsors but ever. When Phil says a possible punching chat, it was an actual punching chat. Oh, yeah, because yeah. it was just oh, yeah, me and I Ben. And, <laughs> oh, and oh, Ben, uh, you won, didn't head you? To head. Yeah, I did, um, yeah, yeah. It was a head-to-head, and you did win. Um, we, and I we, will yeah, have to do uh, a forfeit. If you're talking about bad sponsors, um, Jamie Whitten used to ride in the British Superbike Championship on a bike that was sponsored by Durex. <laughs> a bit wanky little bit of banter um right so yeah eight eight teams at doug's request give us your best see what happens hashtag um what should we hashtag that hashtag dirty dozen hashtag was any eight Uh, no because then it's bound to be one of those um hashtag rugby 12s is shite Hashtag fuck this shit competition. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's keep it. Let's keep it relatively PG. Let's let's go. <laughs> hashtag pointless rugby. No, because I, there'll be loads of points in it. Oh yeah, it's true. Hashtag uh, balls to the twelves. Hashtag twelve balls. Twelve balls. There you go. No. There's only eight teams. Is there? Twelve players. There's eight teams of twelve I'm players. I'm confused already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, this yeah, is, so this isn't getting off the ground, is it? Much like let's, the twelve. Let's make it. Let's make it rugby elevens with a round ball and nets. <laughs> and you can only kick it. Yeah. And one person in a specifically designated area can use their hands. Exactly. I think we're onto a winner here. Hmm. It's tackling a line, John. But only with your feet. What? <laughs> yeah, and you can only use below, one foot. Below you're the not nipple allowed. line? Is it still below the nipple line? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do, you know what? Make it your own hashtag. Just at all over podcast and just yeah. give us your shit team names. There Maybe you go. Hashtag shit team names. Hashtag shit team names. That was easy, wasn't it? We got there in the end. Right. Let's, I mean, we've been going for nearly an hour and we've said literally nothing so <laughs> let's get into some any other any other business you know it's been a while since we've been back we've managed to rub it on so uh doug any other business from you not me first i haven't thought of one yet yeah. all right ben um nah i'm all right fair enough phil uh i'm good thanks Oh, um, couple of recommendations. Clickbait. I watched on. Um, oh, Russ, I meant to pick you up. Mate, that is one of the worst television programs, conceits, and implementations of a television program I've ever witnessed in my life. <laughs> I enjoyed it, mate. Did you watch it all? Uh, that Russ, you're so simple, mate. You, you, you know, Gangs of London. I bet you loved that. I did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. honestly. Mate. Mate, you loved Da Vinci Code, didn't you? No. <laughs> Bit too complicated for me, that. Yeah. I prefer colouring books. Highbrow. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. By, by numbers, mate, please, if you don't mind. <laughs> so, yeah. I thought it was shite. You uh, well, you're, you're welcome to your opinion, Doug. I've given you it. And I will thank you for it. <laughs> so... So what's the learning from this? There's a TV programme that might be either good or shite. Well, you can either trust Russ, who knows nothing about television, or me, who knows everything. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, Humble brag, been nominated, been nominated for an award. You might have seen on my socials this evening, nominated for a, a volunteer grassroots cricket volunteer award by Cornwall Cricket. So uh, I've got the country club. 
I've got to go to the Cornwall Cricket Centre on the 1st of October and uh, with the other nominees and see whether I've won for my services to grassroots cricket. Just be careful um, you don't pierce your foot on a spike. (laughs) (laughs) Got you on the old jeans rule, Nazi. (laughs) Copy of Daily Mail. Oh, that's a good paper. Yeah. Who's the... um... Who's the competition, Russ? Who's the big competition? I don't know. I don't know who the nominations are. I don't even know what category I've been nominated in. I don't even know what the categories are. Most likely to rain. <laughs> the man with the most upside down head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the man most parents are worried about coaching their children. <laughs> 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 the, the, pa- the parents choice award yeah <laughs> are they, am I going to get there and they're going to serve me with some papers just a fake ruse just a fake front and you just walk straight into a paddy wagon <laughs> <laughs> yeah why why are the uh why are there the awards at the magistrates court? <laughs> <laughs> That's the one, mummy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word! I mean, this is taking a very, very dark turn. Um, um, but very funny. Sorry, I'll leave you alone now. But my no, my, you my, don't. my my only other business uh, is kind of rugby related, and I'm. I, I just kind of, uh, and we touched on it earlier about the, the whole Twitter experience with rugby now, and it's it sapped the joy out of rugby for me at the moment. Like, it, it's all it is, it's, a, it's no longer a game of rug, rugby, it's a, it's a game of debating red cards and yellow cards, and it, yeah. it's just a bit tedious. And I think if this is the way sort of like life in general goes now, where you Everything is about the negative aspect of everything. There's nothing that you can just be positive about. And um, I just find that a bit sad. And and with that in mind, I think everyone should watch Ted Lasso on Apple TV because it is one of the most relentlessly positive. Even when it's being a little bit downbeat, it's one of the most re- relentlessly positive things you'll watch. And it'll, it'll actually make you... Um, have happy thoughts as opposed to thinking everything's shit. Don't have Apple TV, on, mate. On the subject of just something that's fun, um, we went to the uh, Little Orchard Music Festival, which is basically a cider festival with a with uh, a bit of music. But they had a, a Nirvana tribute band who had an Elvis impersonator as their lead singer. And it... It was one of the most fun things I've seen on a stage. It was abso- absolutely brilliant. Um, I've not been to the same clubs Doug has, obviously, judging uh, by his face. But um, yeah, they were they were really good. So uh, if you ever get the chance to see Alvana, do it. There you go. I went to a wedding a couple of weeks ago. First wedding I've been to in a couple of years unsurprisingly maybe longer than that maybe five years did, and it was just did, very you have, jolly. did you have a dance uh, and a boogie um yeah it was superb and and lastly if you're ever in if you're ever in london and you do fancy going to hatch end there's an absolutely incredible me- mexican restaurant called shingon which is um i went there the other night and had bone marrow starters and uh, some tacos it was delightful Lovely. That's good. Right. Let's get out of here before we go on too long. We'll be back next week. We're going to be back now every Monday evening recording um, for the foreseeable future until European rugby starts where we, we might take another break because that's or real shit. Be well, which is yeah, almost entirely possible. But uh, <laughs> let's see. Until rugby social media becomes so unbearable, we don't want to be a part of it. Let's see. Uh, we'll hopefully see most of you, like all of our 18 listeners, at the Ball Over Invitational on the 9th of uh, October. We're really looking forward to it. And, you know, if nothing else, we'll all be there with a kit 
and an opposition and a referee and we'll have a game of rugby. Everybody else being there is what's going to make it great. So if you can make it, do make it and you're all more than welcome and we'll try and make it a, a good day for everybody involved. So get there and raise money for rugby against cancer, which is most important. So uh, go well. Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.